whenever I'm going through crisis or trials or tribulations, I ask myself the question, what am I learning? What am I learning from this experience? What is God trying to teach me? And what is God trying to show me? That's a question that I wrestle with, and I know many others of you are wrestling with it right now. Over the past few years, one of the greatest learnings that I've had hasn't come from the classroom. It hasn't come from seminary or any book that I've read. It's actually come from being a father and from my daughters because I've learned that the way I respond to my daughters is the way they're going to reciprocate in their attitude and how they interact with me. And so a lot of you probably know you can't rush a toddler, especially when you're trying to go from point A to point B. And it doesn't help me in my response to get angry or to get frustrated, but I've learned through even watching my wife Callie to get down on their level, to interact with them, and to ask them questions like, do you need a hug? I'm sorry you're frustrated. Um, you know, what would you like to do about that? And just kind of interacting with them in, in the response. And I know that when I respond with grace and with love, that's the way they end up responding in general. And it can change the direction of a whole morning or afternoon. So the question that I have for us today is, how are you responding to different situations around you because of this coronavirus. As I started to think about the way that we respond as followers of Jesus, there was a specific verse that came to mind, and it comes from Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. It's Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. And we're going to start actually in verses 2 and then go to six. So devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. What are we doing during these times? Are we giving into fear or faith? Are we giving into worry and anxiety? Or are we using the weapons of spiritual warfare, prayer and fasting and those things? So devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. So the Apostle Paul is writing this letter from prison. It's one of his prison letters. Of course, we know that he was in prison for sharing the gospel. And this church at Colossae actually began during Paul's three-year ministry at Ephesus. But the founder wasn't Paul, it was a guy named Epaphrasus, who apparently was saved during one of Paul's missionary journeys. And so we see that Paul is writing this letter to encourage them, that even though he's chained up, the gospel can still go forward. And so as I was thinking about this, even this past Sunday, do you know that churches across America and the world broke the internet? I mean, everything slowed down to a screeching halt, whether it was Facebook Live or YouTube or different websites, because so many churches were forced to think outside the box. It was forcing this type of innovation. And because of that, the gospel was proclaimed probably more times than ever before in recorded history. It went out to massive amounts of people. 
to hear a word of hope. And so even though we can't meet physically in our buildings, we can still share over this gift of technology that ultimately God can use for God's glory. So the Apostle Paul is saying here, you know, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That's why we're here in chains. We know that God did not cause this coronavirus, but God can definitely use it to reach people. And we're seeing that. We're seeing countless stories and testimonies of people helping other people in the midst of this all. And so we can continue to pray for those that are on the front lines. I think about my sisters who both work in nursing homes, my niece who's a nurse. They're on the front lines in New York State, which is, of course, we know, one of the main epicenters of this coronavirus. So we can be praying for, for those that are hurting and those that are on the front lines. Verse 4 says, Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. There are many messages that we can proclaim during this season, the season of crisis. And it's amazing because during times like this, you can see people's insecurities and, and everything else kind of inflame and come to the surface. So if we're not careful, we're spewing unhealth and maybe even hate instead of spreading God's love. And so let us be clear and concise in our speech as followers of Jesus. Verse 5 and 6, though, here's the, here's the main points that Paul is making. And I think this is really important during the season. Verse 5 says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Right now, the world is watching the church more than ever before. The world is watching the church more than ever before. And so it's important for us, yes, to operate in faith, but also use wisdom as well. God gave us a brain and we need to use it for a reason. And so, again, um, you know, it talks about in Timothy, God uh, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a what? Sound mind. And so uh, we know that science doesn't have to uh, conflict or negate faith, but we use wisdom in these opportunities. And so one way we're loving our neighbor right now is by practicing social distancing. But that doesn't mean we can't give a friend a call, a text message, snail mail, whatever it may be to reach out to those that are in need and that are hurting. But it's all in our response. And there are people that are watching the church right now. Paul continues on and says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive, or in other uh, senses and verses, it says, um, translations, that it's uh, with salt. Uh, let your speech be seasoned with salt so that you will have the right response for everyone. One of my favorite theologians is Urban Meyer, who was uh, the former Ohio State football coach. And he took over a team that was in pro on probation after uh, different violations. And so he had to instill in them some principles that he really believed in in order for them to rise above their current situation. And he says that our that events plus response tends to equal the outcome. For instance, 
we didn't cause this coronavirus, but how are we going to respond to it? And how can our response dictate the outcome? How can our response influence somebody else? And so we can respond in a variety of ways to this. Um, we can respond with fear and anxiety. And when we respond with fear and anxiety, then we drive others to fear and anxiety as well. So we have to be careful what we're filling our minds with, what we're reading, how much social media we're consuming, because when we do that, it can just fill us with fear and anxiety. And that only hurts our witness. Another thing that how we can respond is we can try to take up political different affiliations and uh, really marginalize and divide people. We could be critical of our political leaders and share articles and different things that are not helpful and spew more hate. And as followers of Jesus, we can't do that. We have to have a response that's full of grace seasoned with salt. So what does it mean to have grace in this season? It means believing the positive intent of other people. Uh, you know, everybody's doing their best right now. Everybody's trying to do their best. And we have to believe that. Our friends and our family. So are we responding with grace? Are we asking for grace? Is our speech seasoned with salt? Is it a preservative? Is it enhancing the culture? Or is it just bringing pollution? I don't know about you, but I would rather respond with grace and with faith than simply just spewing hate. So as followers of Jesus, we have the opportunity right now to be a witness. We have the opportunity right now as the world is watching the church to respond with love, with truth, with peace, with justice, all of those different things so that ultimately God would be glorified. That's my prayer and my hope for you, and that's the prayer and hope that I have as well. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Lord, we pray for those that are on the front lines, our doctors, nurses, uh, nursing home care workers, those that are working in the food industry and truck drivers and all those people, Lord, that are putting themselves out there. We ask for a hedge of protection around them, God. And we ask, Lord, for an extra measure of grace in this season for them and their families and for us, God and those that are afflicted right now, that you would heal them. We pray, God, not only for healing, but for a vaccine, that people would be healed, God, and that you would make every cell well. God, we just ask that we would be the people that would glorify you and that would bring praise and honor and glory to you, God, that others may see our good works and glorify you in heaven. We love you, God, and we thank you. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the friend of sinners. And everyone said,